Howdy, howdy, my friends, and welcome to The Daily Run through the book of Titus. We're in Titus chapter 1. This is episode 9. If you have not listened to the previous episodes, you're welcome to listen to this one. But I would definitely recommend going back and listening to the first ones uh, just to kind of get you into the context. As I talk about often here on the Run of the Mills podcast, the context matters greatly. When we, uh, when we read the Bible, it's very important uh, that we are seeking to discern what the author is trying to say, what the author is saying. Oftentimes, the way people use the Bible is to support what they are saying. They will pull verses out here and there all over the place to support a particular viewpoint, um, which is not necessarily bad. It just means we have to be careful when we do that. And what I mean by being careful is uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, a pastor friend a while back, and he was telling me about how he went down to South America and was helping train new pastors. And one of the things he was telling them was uh, he was encouraging them to teach the Bible uh, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, um, expository preaching. In other words, go through the Bible in order, in context. And the reason that he was saying to do that was he said, well, first of all, it's very, it's much safer, which I, I like that he said that because for me, that's why I always preach that way because I felt I was safer. It was much harder to take something out of context when you're actually talking about it in the context. But he did say as well, there's something called um, uh, systematic theology, um, systematic theology being uh, looking at you know, what the Bible says on a topic saying, you know, angels. Well, let's look at every verse. The Bible talks about angels and what he was telling these pastors was when you do that, when you say, Hey, I'm going to talk about anger. So I'm going to go through the Bible and pull out verses about anger. He said, you know, you, you can do that. And there's nothing wrong with doing that, but understand that when you do that, you need to examine the context of every use that you're bringing up. Don't just grab a verse and say, oh, the Bible says this about anger, but make sure that the way you are using that verse is consistent with the way that that is being used in the context. So context matters. So anyway, we have been talking about Paul's mission that he's given to Titus to go to Crete. Um, well, not to go to Crete. He left him there in Crete. And he said, set in order the things that are lacking. And apparently one of those things was the leadership in the churches. And so he says, appoint elders in every city as I've commanded you. So Paul tells Titus to go to the cities and make sure that there is a pastor leader in place at the churches. And now this is kind of interesting because this is not generally how it works anymore. There are denominations that do this, but, um, and there are, there are churches that elect leadership. Uh, I was part of a church for a long time that that was the way that they chose their leadership was through election, uh, the election of the congregation. And uh, I, how do I put this? Well, honestly, it didn't work. It didn't work. Uh, when I got there, I was actually kind of shocked because I hadn't been involved in church leadership up to that point. I was very familiar with the books of Timothy and Titus that talk a lot about this. And I was shocked because when I found out the elders were put in place, because they were voted on by the congregation, which is a very American thing to do, right? That's how you choose your leaders. You have people nominate them. So that's what they did. They had a Sunday nominating Sunday where you could write down on a piece of paper, a person's name, put it in a box. And then 
there was a nominating committee. The nominating committee would call the name, call those people whose names were on the papers, and they would ask them if they were willing to do the job. If the person was willing to do the job, they were put on the ballot. The ballot was then voted on by the congregation at a congregational meeting, and um, everybody was always voted in. And what I what I was kind of surprised by that because I was like, well, wait, wait a minute, there's there's something important missing here, right? When Paul sets up the order of uh, the elders here, he doesn't say, gather the people together, have them elect their own leadership. Because there are sometimes things in there that get lost. One of them is, well, popularity. Sometimes because someone is popular, they get voted on. Oftentimes also, these people don't know this person outside of the church environment. They they don't see this person in daily life. They see them on Sunday at church, and they're always there, and they're always friendly, and they go, oh, that guy's so nice. Let's vote for him. I vote for him. I, you know, that guy at the door who greets us every week, you know, I'm here because he was friendly to me, so he should be an elder of the church. Well, none of those things are actually qualifications for elders. And also, oftentimes, the leadership of church, the, the reason somebody's a pastor of a church is because they have the right degree. Uh, when I first was applying to be a youth pastor at churches, I had churches that tell me they wouldn't even consider me because I didn't go to the right college. That unless I went to one of the following schools, I was not considered to be um, an, a viable candidate for their church. And for me, I was fine with that because I was like, if you are in a place where you have added these qualifications that like you have to go to the right school, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I'm going to fit. I'm not sure I'm going to fit in real well right there. So anyway, the problems with a lot of these elections is, again, the the placement is put into place by people who are members of the congregation. Now, members of the congregation might be wise, spiritually astute, Bible-believing, Bible-studying, knowledgeable people. But they also might just be normal people who make Christianity a little part of their life. Or you might have a combination of both very dedicated, godly Christian people and, uh, you know, people that show up. And then you vote. Well, chances are everybody's going to get voted in because in my experience, people always got voted in. The problem is you don't have that person like Paul who says, Titus, you are a man who I have raised up in the faith. You are someone who I am intimately aware of your character, your godliness, and your wisdom. And so you know, you well know the things I've taught you. So I'm going to send you to towns that need leadership, and I want you to place men in those positions. Because I know you're a person of discernment. I know you're a person of wisdom. I know you know your stuff. And so one of the things that I did with with the church... Um, that I was speaking of earlier when I became part of the leadership as, um, as a pastor on staff was that when we came to a, the next election, I made a recommendation 
And the church was pretty well ingrained in the idea that they needed to have elections, that that was an important part of the leadership was that they should elect people. I didn't really, I wasn't really a fan of that, but I understood. I understood the thought behind it. Um, And so what we decided to do, and through our discussions, what we decided to do was still allow people in the church to nominate people, but that the nomination committee, the people that we're calling to ask, are you interested, would not be just people that volunteered. They would be the current eldership. And so we as elders would get the nominations and we would set them before us and we'd say, okay, we want to pray about this. We want to pray about these people in leadership. We also want to be able to have um, a silent veto. And the idea behind that was sometimes as a pastor or as a leader, we might know something about a person's life because we have that role in their life where we know information, they shared struggles with us or problems or difficulties. And we may know something that is not publicly known to the congregation. For example, maybe the person had recently cheated on their spouse and we might know that and nobody else knows that, but we do just me. Maybe just, I know that maybe they confided in me. Now this person has been nominated to be an elder. And I might say, you know what, this person, um, I'm just going to use a, a veto on this one. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say that no. And the other elders might want to ask, well, why not? But I would just say, you know, I, I happen to, to know some things in confidence that I'm not willing to share, but the, the, it's, it's a no for now. And the hope was that the other elders would say, okay, we respect that. We respect one another. And, so we'll, let's move on to the next person. We're not going to call that person and let them know they were nominated. We're not going to ask them. We're just, we're not going to, we're not going to make that public. And so that was what we would do. That was basically the idea. And then what we would do is we would contact the people that we felt were candidates. Um, and we would speak with them and some of them would say yes. And some of them would say no. And then when we had the election, we had, when people saw, well, the person I asked isn't on the list. The person I nominated is not on the list. We had to deal with that. So what we would do is we would just tell the congregation, okay, so this is what happens. You know, you nominated people, people are contacted. Some people that are nominated uh, chose not to be put on the ballot. So um, understand that, that not everyone that's nominated is on the ballot. And, you know, and we would, we would be very tactful about it and we would let them vote. But the people that they were voting on were people that we had already approved and people that we felt would be good leadership in our church. And so then people would vote and they pretty much always voted those people in. Um, There were times, and we'll talk about this more as we go, that we had people that didn't meet the qualifications. And we also had times where we had people in leadership already in place that didn't meet the qualifications. So we'll talk about that in the next few episodes uh, and some of the trouble and difficulties that happen when you place people in leadership positions that don't meet God's qualifications. God bless you. Talk to you next time.